Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Hey listeners, just before we jump into this episode of Thrive Deeper, I wanted to let you know that we are about to relaunch a new format, Thrive Perspectives Podcast. This is Stuart from the Thrive Today Network. Now, as part of this new Thrive Perspectives format, Matt and I will be inviting guests who will bring their perspective or area of expertise to the discussion around various issues and ideas that shape our lives from a Christian worldview. Now, our first guest on this relaunch episode is a highly qualified medical doctor, and we talk about his perspective on the intersection between medical science and our faith. So, search up Thrive Perspectives, add it to your podcast app, and look out for this new episode coming in the next week. Now let's jump into this episode of Thrive Deeper as we continue our journey through Paul's letters to the Corinthian church. Yeah, I see, sorry. I see, Stu, you've got pictures yeah. in your Bible. Yeah, I have. That's the picture one. What what, what, uh, what do you got there? You've got the uh, Holman stand. Ah, yeah. Comes with pictures. Comes with pictures. Mine doesn't, yeah. Mine yeah. doesn't have Actually, pictures. Actually, some really interesting Just pictures. Just the words. <laughs> oh, they are good pictures. See, look, you need to get a Bible with pictures. <laughs> the Corinthian Canal that Actually, Nero built. Yeah, that's a good study Bible. You know, it's a good a good study Bible. It's one of the best tools that you can have if, oh. you, if you're going to study the Bible. And there are some great ones. The Holman, this is the Holman. Yeah, it is. You, yeah. Is it good? You've, CSB. You've oh, helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Really yeah, good. Because I haven't had a good look at that. I love the, uh, I mean, I uh, when I became a Christian, that the NIV study yep. Bible yeah, is one right. of the standards, and I think it's still uh, excellent. I tell you though, what's an excellent one is the ESV, ESV. study yeah, Bible. Yeah. Uh, you know, ESV is a is a more literal translation mm. from the text, mm. but the you know, the study Bible it's a little pricey, but it's mm. it's and really I think, good. I think the ESV, like the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the CSB, was translated from the original text rather than working off other translations. <laughs> I think as well. So, well, they're all. Yeah. I mean, all, all, uh, any good translation works off the original text. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think they're making choices and, and the uh, Holman Standard, what do they call it now? It's just the CSB Christian yeah, the, Standard Bible. Yeah, Christian yep. Standard Bible. I think they've tried to go for a more colloquial yes, sort have. of feel. So, right. so you know, the, and and they're all, you know, they're translation committees, which is always, you always want a Bible that, that's translated by a translation yeah. committee. Yeah. And um, yeah, so they've gone for it. Because it is, I mean, the, uh, it like the Greek of the New Testament was a common Greek, mm, uh, and, mm. and it was fairly colloquial. Um, mm. I do, I do love the the poetic nature of the King, you know, the, yeah, the yeah. King James. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's such a beautiful trend. Not that I really use that, but mm. Um, mm. I tend to my go to is still probably the NIV in the yeah. in the middle there, yeah. which sits in the middle of that dynamic versus. Yeah. Uh, you know, literal. Yeah. Um, but if I want to do a deep dive, ESV all the way. I love it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, we better get into this, Matt, because we're uh, yeah. we're up to episode one hundred and fifty-two. Yeah. We're continuing our journey through First Corinthians and uh, and more juicy stuff. To yeah. Deal with oh yesterday. my goodness <laughs> me! And some of it's like I'm going, huh? What's that got to do with you know today? In a oh, sense? that's good. See, this exactly. Is why right. This is good. That's this exactly is why we right. do this. Exactly. So um, yeah, we're we're picking up from one Corinthians chapter eight, and we're going to try to work <laughs> our way through the end of chapter 12 here. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of things here. Again, rem- rem- reminding our listeners that this is Paul who's uh, writing to the church in Corinth. There are a number of 
issues around uh, a number of things and causing division within the church. And he's trying to address those uh, those specific issues uh, with them. And and of course, also remembering the context of the time that mm. this is all this is all happening. You know, in the city of Corinth, which is a major trading center. It's it's a Roman city as it's well. A so a lot of city. Roman cultural kind of references and, and Greek uh, yeah. and Greek as yeah. well, obviously, yeah. because that's where it is. Well, but, it's. Uh, Rome really inherited Greek yes. culture. Really, yes. Uh, yeah. Rome bought the military and and the uh, and the okay. politics, but okay. it was basically Greek yeah. culture. Yeah. yeah, and and of course, there's a at the time that these letters are being written, there's a famine uh, in in mm. large parts of that mm. part of the world, and uh, which kind of leads into this kind of passage around eating food mm. that have been that's been sacrificed, you know, for other gods, and it it sounds to us kind of weird as though they're walking into some temple and taking a lump of meat off a you know the, the yeah. altar kind of thing but no. it, it's not as simple as that and no. and maybe just to give some context up front Do, you know historically yeah, what did this look like what, what it looked like was animals were were slaughtered for uh for sacrifice uh yeah. to to idols to to those other gods uh but not the whole animal necessarily stayed mm. there so then they, they went off to the market and they were sold in the the common meat markets mm. Uh, and m- most of the shop vendors probably weren't all that open about the fact that mm. this animal was originally slaughtered as a, mm. as a sacrifice. And so yeah. it's a really legitimate question they're asking here. Are we meant to ask this question? Yeah. Is it okay or isn't it okay? And and Paul yeah. really comes at it from a from a great perspective. I love the way oh, he speaks into yeah, this. Yeah, so. he certainly does. And and you you know a modern reader might say, well, I'll just skip this because it's got nothing to exactly do with right. me. But it actually has. This is. The, the things that, that are going to be discussed in the next few chapters mm. are just really great examples of what a Christian attitude is. Yeah, so right. if, even even if the issue isn't the one one that we face, mm. the principles that come out of this yeah, are absolutely right. gold. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I've actually really loved reading this and being reminded of these priorities again. Mm. And uh, and you know, and for Paul in in, in chapter eight, I mean, it's all about consideration for others this yeah. is you know should we do that and because they're thinking just rules right what, yeah, that's right like what are the rules here yeah. and he's no, hang on hang on a minute it's we, we got to go bigger than rules mm. uh look an idol's nothing doesn't mean it you know what i mean it mm. doesn't really mean anything mm. um it, now he's he's still in a, in chapter 10 he's going to give a warning about idolatry got to still take this seriously we don't want to mm. you know we want to keep uh this really at arm's length mm. Um, and it, but he says, look, you know, if meat's sacrificed to an idol, I mean, so in, in one sense, so what in and of itself? Yes. But he says, listen, you've got to think, how are my actions going to affect other people? That's right. The next few chapters are all about this. That's right. How am I? Because, you, you, you know, what he's teaching them about the Christian life is you've got to remember now it's not just about you. Mm. Mm. You are now on mission mm. and it's all about the effect that you have on other people because you're. Each of us is meant to have uh, a positive effect. I mean, this goes right into chapters twelve to fourteen, doesn't it? We, we, you know, we're all equipped to have a positive influence on the people, and it's to build up others and ultimately to build up the body of Christ. So he says, you've got to think about what effect your action is going to have on other people. Mm. Just it's not just about your rights and what you think, and and you know. 
it's it's about it's about that. So, so it's really important as we go through this and as we talk about yeah. this that we don't get hung up on the particular matter in terms yeah, of yeah. meat and idols, but the principle yeah. of our heart yeah. and our approach behind that, because I think that's the key here. And they started, you know, th- there was a start where they were sort of claiming we have knowledge and because Paul, you know, this whole knowledge thing and yeah. we know more than everyone else and the sort of superiority that came with that that was then wrapped around these rules. Yeah. Paul was kind of saying, you know, knowledge isn't, of any value if it's not tailored with love. You know? That's right. And, and yeah. knowledge yeah. tends to puff up, whereas love tends to build up. And, and, and Yeah, well, they're, you know, because they're saying, oh, we, we know better. We know it's, yes, you right. know, they're idols are nothing, da, exactly. da, da, and aren't we great? So we can do whatever we want. Exactly. I mean, he's saying, well, you know, bravo for you, but you've got the, you've actually got the most important thing wrong, which is what he addresses, of course, famously in chapter 13. Yeah, exactly. Great right. love chapter. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he says, you've got to think, what effect is it going to have on what he called the people that he calls the weaker, weaker brothers? Yeah. So think, you know, people have just come to faith. They've torn themselves away from idol worship, which was mm. really habitual and ingrained, it right? Was, yeah. Oh, I've got to keep these idols happy. And, mm. um, and they've, you know, they're, they've kind of torn themselves away from that. They've given their lives to Jesus. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a big deal for these people. You've got don't flaunt your, because they, they actually need to keep more distance. Yes. You know, than, than we do. And, it, you know, it's probably similar to say something like alcohol. You know, while, uh, while, while there's nothing inherently wrong with that, it's, we've got to ask the question, so what, uh, it, it, you know, in, in each context, I've got to ask the question, am, am I causing someone else to yeah, stumble true. here? Yeah. You know, I might have a handle on this, mm. but this other person may not, right? Mm. They might have come out of uh, alcoholism or, or, you know, where, where it's been a problem. And, and so, you know, I've just got to be really but, careful. It's not like that's becomes a rule that you should no, never, you know, don't not. ever drink in public or, mm, no. um, but you do have to, you do, I think it's that thing of being mindful yes. of, you know, of, of just how that comes across. Yeah. Um, that, which, which flows right on to, you know, his, th- this uh, classic, expression of this very principle because he goes he starts with this particular issue mm. and then he goes to the broader issue it's almost like he's saying oh listen i'm glad you brought this issue about me you know idols yeah. uh, because he actually goes on to point out actually there's a whole lot of my rights that i give up there's That's a whole right. lot of things yep. that that i have a right to do but i give up those rights for the sake of the message of the gospel yes. um so you know uh, he says, you know, I've got a right, I've, I have a right to get marriage, but, mm. and I, but I've chosen not to be, right. for the sake of, you know, my ministry. I mean, and these, I mean, that, that was a big deal in that, in that time, uh, which is why he uses the, um, uses the example. He says, I have a right to draw income from my work. Uh, that's a very biblical principle, and he, he quotes the biblical principle there. And but he says, but I have chosen not to use that right, mm. so that particularly in these early stages, as he's planting churches and and he's the evangelist, mm. so that because there are all these travelling teachers getting around for money, yeah. And he says, so that I can avoid any um, Sus- yeah. any suspicion that around I'm doing it motive, for the mo- yeah, around yep. my motive, yep. that I'm just like one of those guys. I've actually, even though it wouldn't be wrong. Uh, for me to draw yeah. income from yeah. my work, he says I've chosen to to give that up in this context. That's in in I've this context, yeah, that's exactly right. And right. and I mean, some uh, in some uh, there there were points at which he uh, you know accepted got gifts support, from people. Correct. That's right, yeah. got support. But a lot of his ministry, Paul, is actually well, that's what we see. He, yeah, he yeah, actually absolutely. works yeah. uh, making tents uh, and and uh, and gives up you know this right. So um, you know he took so. 
he goes on to talk about his freedom. He says, though I'm free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Um, It's so... um, Purpose over preference. It's oh, very it's so countercultural. Isn't over, it? Very countercultural. You know, in a world that says today I should be able to do whatever I want to, so long as I don't yeah, need anyone. Yeah, it's all yeah. about me, me, yeah, and my exactly rights, right. and what I. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no we don't think like that yeah. anymore. Yeah. I think of myself as a representative of Jesus, mm. and and I just do whatever I need to do to reach. Uh, to reach that person. So, you know, he says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those yeah. under the law, I became like one under the law, uh, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, uh, though he points out, but I'm, I am under Christ's law. So, yeah, I right. Go, yeah. right, you know, all the way yeah, out. Yeah. So as to win those not. He says, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things, he says, to all people, so that by all means I might save some. Yeah, that's right. So he is, he's willing to, to do whatever it takes takes to not be a distraction, to not be mm. unnecessarily controversial, mm. to uh, to do, you know, like, I mean, the classic example of this is um, uh, in the case when Paul um, was traveling into an air, a Jewish area and he's with Timothy and Timothy uh, wasn't circumcised. Yes. Now, Paul said, you know, you shouldn't, Christians should not need to get circumcised. Absolutely no, no, mm. no. Mm. And he says... Uh, you know, he says that he had, you know, told Timothy, mate, we're going to avoid controversy. Avoid any- I mean, this is a dangerous oh, yeah, procedure for, yeah. for, you know, for an adult. My yeah. word. Yep. Uh, but Paul said, no, 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 we do what we do, whatever Ever it takes, it takes mm. to have to be able to fulfill our calling. So we're trying to remove obstacles yeah. that are going to get in the way of these people listening to the message that we yeah. bring. Even yeah. though those obstacles aren't really an obstacle in a, in a, in a literal sense from a yeah. from a Christian perspective, but yeah. let's just take it out of the way. Yeah, that's right. Because we're willing to pay that price yeah. so that no one. Yeah, that's right. Misses out it's like that. I'm not. I, I'm you know not going to be unnecessarily controversial right. yeah. because that is just going to draw. Hmm attention away from the central message uh, about Jesus. Important to say, though, he, that that never meant that he fell into sin or no, syncretism no, or no, anything that's like right. that. Yeah. There's a very clear, you know, he does all things, but all things within, uh, the, as you said, the rule of Christ, the slave for Christ that he was. So, yeah, 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 that's right. <clears throat> um, so he goes on in chapter 10, he, and, and this is where he, he comes back to the idea of idolatry and mm. Uh, and there he does give a warning because remember you've got a mixed uh, sort of Jew Gentile you know you've got probably lots of young Christians there as well. It says that now listen, we still really need to beware of the temptation of yeah. idolatry. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't don't go there. So he gives a, um, a, a, a really stern that. warning. Yeah. You know, chapter ten, verse fourteen. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Like yeah. keep right away from it. Don't get drawn into it. So, yeah. and um, of course, idolatry in those days was very connected to sexual immorality because yeah. you know there were temple prostitutes, yeah. and you know that was a pr- pretty challenging thing for the time. I think for those yeah. people, so um, the temptation was pretty significant. Yeah. and so just making sure, as you say, that they that they didn't um, minimise the risk yeah. of being drawn in at any level yeah. in terms of yeah. uh, in terms I mean of I think I think it's I think it's so it's such a uh, poignant sort of point actually, this whole thing. Because I think we, we there's something about our culture particularly we just love a contra- we just love a bit of controversy. We love being a bit contra you know mm-hmm. controversial and mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 sort of st- you know and we all have we all have our different opinions and 
And I think if we were to take Paul's advice here, it's like put down your opinions. Yeah. It's like you, you, your opinions on different things. Like so what if you think that and if yeah. you think, you know, uh, you've got to be prepared to put that down and focus on the thing that unites us and, the th- you know, and, and what actually is going to um, be of benefit to other people, particularly yeah. the people that you're trying to reach. And, yeah. and so much of that, you know, it's often around politics, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's mm-hmm. just going to – you're just going to alienate people, you know. So, yeah, exactly. um, you know, this is, you know, the, I think the advice here is is you've got to think your mission. Mm. The mission is very specific. Mm. It's not everything. You're not called to, you know, when, 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 when there's a particular message that we're called, you know, which is about called to bring. That's about drawing people um, to connect with God through Jesus Christ yeah. and, and to begin that wonderful process of transformation and to be a part of God's church and um and you know he's he's going to explore this further, but he says in by way of summary in ten verse twenty three, this really kind of sums up the message. Mm. I have a right to do anything, mm. you say, mm. but he says, listen, but not everything is beneficial. I have a right to do anything, you say, but listen, not everything is constructive. Mm. Verse twenty four: No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Yeah. Um. Such a great point, but how easily we forget that yeah, one, yeah, you know. Yeah. And not only – I feel he's saying here, based on what he said leading up to that, it's not only not seeking our own good, but being willing to actually pay a price yeah. for the sake of others. It's not yeah, that's just right. zero for us. It's actually negative, perhaps. We yeah. may need to pay a yeah, price. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. And this this actually, Stu, this is really important context mm. um, for Chapter 11. Yeah. Uh, because off microphone, before, you were saying, what on earth is going on in chapter 11? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, uh, the, the, the vital, and, and look, as, which is what everyone says, it's, it's in some ways quite a, contra- in our cultural context, mm-hmm. quite controversial chapter. Uh, this is the, the bit that's talking about head coverings yes, that's right. for women in worship. And men with long hair and uh, yeah, with yeah, no yeah, hair. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, but this actually comes... It flows right out of what he's just been talking about. Right. Context is so important yep. when you're reading the Bible. Yes. Uh, he's been talking about consideration for others, right? It's it's like, okay, yes, you have that right, but you've got to be prepared to lay that down so as not to cause unnecessary controversy right. uh, for the benefit of your mission. Right. Right. This is what. Yeah. This flows out of that idea. So the issue here is, and, and this is a matter of history, even secular historians yes. point this out, is that the, it was really the church, the early church, that, sig- that, that significantly changed the status mm. of women. Not mm. a small adjustment, no. but in, in a completely revolutionary way. Um, and uh, that they were recognized as equal, which wasn't, you know, which wasn't uh, everywhere the case. No. They, their, their fundamental, you know, um, uh, I, even their roles within the church, yes. uh, you know, in the body of Christ, absolutely roles of equal importance. Mm. Um, women uh, prophesy. I mean, one of the most important, and this is the the gift that uh, Paul really puts at the top. Yes, uh, is is the you know the gift the ability to prophesy, to prophesy mm. right? And uh, you know, he he talks about when when. Men or when women are prophesying, it's like whoa, whoa, wait, wait, hang on, they were what in you know? So in, um, so this you know here is this movement that 
uh, I mean, and there's so so many other things that I that I can list. Uh, they were, um, you know, women were not forced into marriage at young age. That you know that they were uh, w- female babies weren't uh, ex- you know put out to exposure. Yep. I mean, yeah. it was just like one thing after another. Yeah. Um, this is one of the probably most countercultural things uh, about the Christian movement in this time. But see, here's the thing. That he that he goes on to talk about now is that uh, having recognised this, uh, wow! So oh, so we're all completely equal, right? So we all can minister on a completely equal footing, right? And so what what happens now is that they're like throwing off, yeah, right, know, like throw, and and even uh, even throwing off kind of cultural uh, cultural norms, mm. and in in, mm. uh, in in that culture, you know, a married woman would wear her hair That's in a right. certain yep. way, and and a head, or, covering. And, and a head mm. covering that yeah. would indicate I'm married. You know, it was yes. like the version of a, 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 a wedding ring, ring maybe yep. or. Um, and uh, and then there are other conventions like often if you uh, if you know if you shaved your head that often was a sign of either prostitution or, right. or, or often in some cultures uh, it, you know it was um, a sign of adultery and, mm. and I mean and, and it's not justifying that that was that that, that was good in that culture but that was um, the cultural norm yeah that's right and and interestingly in in this at this time in Rome there was a bit of a movement to to sort of um, Throw off some of these things as well amongst Ro- wealthy Roman women as well. So it was a bit of a uh, a kind of a, an agitating movement yeah, you know, on right. the side. Yep. And so, so I think what 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 Paul is saying is, listen, we're not part of that. It's like, yes, we are. You know, the, we are doing something revolutionary here. Mm. Um, but remember, let's not. We, we, we're not flaunting this here. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to be controversialists. We're not going to join that. That you know that we're 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 going to. Um, we're going to go at the speed of us. We're going to go at the speed of us. That's right. Us, yeah, rather that's than right. jumping to the yeah, other extreme, that's right. and a lot of people didn't just disengage. Yeah, that's right. You know, so so this was really responding to a pagan cultural kind of worship influence at the time. Yeah, yeah which that's right. Was very much yeah. what what the deal was. But he does. <clears throat> but he also because um, just in summary, it's it's mm. about uh, you know uh, in verse. Uh, let me have a look at this. Um, Verse four: Every man who prays or prophesied uh, his with his head covered dishonors his head. Mm. Um, in in pagan uh, Roman religions, they would men would uh, go to the yes. the pagan shrines with uh, with you know with their heads covered. covered. Yep. Um, but uh, every woman who prays or prophesies with her uh, head uncovered uh, dishonors her head. It's the same as having her head shaved. Mm. Uh, I mean, you think what is going on here? Mm. But again. This is kind of cultural. Yeah, this is important cultural stuff here, but biblical principles mm. uh, at play mm. a, as well. So, on the one hand, we don't want to flaunt, you know, these customs uh, because there's still a, you know, because those customs still say something about marriage and and so forth. Yep. And, and we we actually, you know, we don't want to go against that, right? Because we do, you know, we do think marriage is a sacred institution. Yes. That's the cultural way of indicating that that you're you're you know married and and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, he also points out that there's actually a biblical principle principle here of of honouring the fact that within the marriage relationship there are different roles yes. within the con- within the. Uh, the context of fundamental e- equality, mm. there are unique roles within the marriage relationship, and and that's this is where he talks about the headship principle. And again, mm. this is hard. Um, it's hard f- for us in our 
culture again to process this because anything that looks like authority looks like I control. rule or yeah. over you or control over you. Mm. But we've got to remember that when Jesus talks about his authority, you know, he says, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. Yeah. Many. And in, you know, in Ephesians, when he talks about that, what, how men should relate to their wives, it's as Jesus yes. loved the church, church and gave yeah. himself up for her. So you've got to flip ideas of authority and, yeah. and you've got to flip that on its head. It doesn't, mm-hmm. the, the problem in, in how we process this and why this becomes controversial is because we, we, we come to this with an unbiblical framework yeah. of what uh, this, uh, of what authority and, and, and headship kind of even yeah. sort of indicates. Yeah. Um, it's really in, it's the inverse uh, of the world's perspective. And so, um, you know, uh, that there's, there's like this, you know, perhaps you could be, you could um, describe it as more of a kind of priestly role within the family yeah. uh, that uh, that the husband plays. Not, not He's not the king, you know, no. in, yeah, in that yeah. sense. No, no. But this sort of important priestly respons- uh, responsibility. And and he said, let's not go against this. You know what I mean? Let's We still need to honor this. And mm. so he talks about everyone doing things in such a way that still honors the uniqueness of yes. those roles. Yeah. So. yeah. And honouring each other, it, it, whether you're married or single or whatever, just the honour, the the process of honouring one another. Obviously, yeah. speaking particularly about yeah. husbands and wives in this situation, but it seemed yeah. to me that a lot of this was more about what was appropriate in the culture, so as not to disconnect perhaps new believers coming in. Yeah, uh, than it was about righteousness. It wasn't about yeah know, whether 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 you were righteous yeah. having a head covering or not having a head covering. It was again coming back to this context of let's just be what we need to be to draw in terms of head coverings anyway to make sure that we don't. Uh, alienate yeah. Uh, people yeah, that's who right. just can't cope with. Them. Yeah. yeah, and and also that we don't betray our exactly. don't betray our principles. So, yes. I mean, you know, he's validating the fact that you know there's this fundamental uh, equality uh, of, of men and women, but mm. he's saying let's not do things in such a way that we actually throw out the baby with it. Let's yeah. remember there's still something that we need to preserve here, mm. and this happens to be the culturally appropriate way to express that. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's a pity, and again, like I get it, but people come to a chapter like, oh, this is the Bible. It, you know, it's literal. It's, we have to. Well, it's it's more more the accusation that the you know the Bible oh, justifies the oppression yes. of women. You yes. know, it's like, no, no, this is written mm. because actually mm. there was this incredible uh, liberating effect mm. uh, that the gospel had. This is a cor- this is a corrective, yeah. not to take that too far, or to take that, or to do that in a way that was flaunting something that's just going to make the movement yeah. too controversial or noticeable in the wrong kind of way. Yeah, yeah, right. Which so, kind of says that cultural standards are relevant to our worship practices, and like, yeah. we need to think about when we're trying to draw people yeah. into the church. Yeah, today, that's right. How are we, in a sense, yeah. relevant to the culture? You know, yeah. of, of what people are experiencing. Yeah, that's there. right. And so, you know, you know, he mentions the, you know, the. the culture and the tradition and yep. you know he, he alludes to those mm. you know to those external factors mm. um it's interesting again as it moves on i mean this man you as you move into the um into the second part of chapter 11 yeah. you really see these these guys really don't get it yeah. <laughs> you know they're all over the place. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've already this far, we've got so many different issues around divisiveness. and yeah. But now actually at the Lord's Supper, which yeah. they celebrated as a literal meal, they, yeah, they sat right. around, you yeah. know, a table. And sometimes in people's homes, not yeah, necessarily. In people's homes, that's gathered, right. Yeah. 
And yet what's happening here is that all the rich people are getting all, well, yep. we're not going to share our food with those. That's right. poor. They can, mm-hmm. you know. And so, so it, it's, you know, they've divided up according to status. Something that was designed to bring unity and to unify. Is now become divisive. It's now the divisive thing, you know. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and he says, guys, what are you doing? Mm. That The Lord's Supper. You know, which is meant to express a unity. And you got you bunch of rich people going ahead, you know, you, you're shutting out this we'll just share our food. Yeah. You know, because we've got the uh you know the, We've got the, good the stuff. nice the nice yeah. uh rump you know, steaks. cheese and the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the you know the aged wine and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know and the rump steaks. Yeah. And we're not gonna share uh, with those guys who are mm. on bread and water. Mm. It's it's just ridiculous. And so there's this kind of it's divided into status. And again, mm. you know, this is one of the other things that was uh, you know, incredible about the early church, and this is what Paul's trying to trying to preserve here, is that around the same communion table, yeah. you had men, women, slave, free, yeah. Jew, Gentile, nationalities, Rich uh, you know, uh, different strata of society. Mm. Um, it, it was incredible uh, thing that that declared one of the most countercultural things about the early Christian movement, mm. and on the whole, that the, they were doing this, but the Corinthians had fallen back out of that mm-hmm. and look you know i mean that was so ingrained for them so yes. let's not yeah let's not give them too uh, and culturally too very very you know consistent with the culture you know the wealthy did what the wealthy yeah, did yeah. And they're not going to hang around they probably haven't yeah, even washed their hands exactly or you know, their right. clothes yeah. are all grubby yeah. and yeah. and you know uh, nah, that's you know he says come on guys this is this is meant to be a sign of uh, of unity and mm-hmm. and and you know this is where he d- does this fundamental teaching on the meaning of the lord's supper Yes. Gets right back to yes. Let's just be reminded what this is all about mm. and why we should be united around this uh, together. Um, and and it's on that topic that he then opens up uh, these famous chapters on spiritual gifts. Yeah, yeah. Just before you move yeah. here, there are a couple of things <clears throat> I, I noted. You know, in terms of our worship, uh, you know, Paul's priorities in terms of our worship. You know, one, we need to honor God. Yeah. You know, two, we need to honor one another. Yeah. You know, the, the chapter we were just talking about before. Yeah. And then I think the third one, which is really important, we need to make sure that the testimony or witness of the church to outsiders is honored as well, that we're yeah. mindful of yeah. how others looking in or coming yeah. in, how they will see our behavior and, and how that glorifies Christ or. Not, yeah, yeah, that's right. Know, yeah. You know, and I think those were really key points I picked out of what he was you know, really trying to speak to in, in all of these situations yeah, yeah, here, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's not about, uh, you know, idolatry isn't okay. Absolutely not. We need to honor God, yeah. you know, but we also need to honor each other. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's interesting, um, Stu, that, uh, that the, in chapter 11, verse 29, uh, it says, for those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Mm. Uh, this is why uh, many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep or, or died. Right. Really, yep. um, uh, but if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. And so, this raises this whole issue of coming in uh, as it's, uh, um, you know, in this kind of coming in the unworthy manner, like yeah. uh, in the wrong. Pl- and and, yeah. and traditionally, this is this has led. To all sorts of different practices around communion, you know the the fencing, so-called fencing mm. the table, you know, mm. Mm. where we, you know, we can't let, uh, for example, our children partake of the Lord's Supper because, mm. you know, uh, it's almost this sense that we need to search our hearts and, um, and make sure 
we're not coming with any sin or, or you know, yeah. um, so we've got, got to kind of deal with that and then we, then we come. Mm. Now, it actually, that actually isn't quite no, what, right. even though that is, it's good to search and examine your hearts mm. and, mm. and, but that actually isn't what he's saying here. When he, he says, for those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, the church, the church, yeah. You just you just need to Are remember. We in fellowship yeah, he's talking other. specifically yeah. to the issue that he's just been dealing That's with. That's right. Okay, don't do it in a divisive way. Mm. Um, mm. You know, you've got to you've got to do this. Uh, you know, in a way that recognizes the unity uh, of of God's people. But also, man, I wonder. I mean, I've I heard some teaching in the past which kind of resonated with me. Where if you're coming to the Lord's table to share in the fellowship of Him in the church, and you know that you're out of sorts with someone else who's yeah. in the church family, yeah, it's it's really important to go and put that right to at yeah. least have the conversation and start down the journey of putting that right. Yeah, so I, I I think you're yeah you're spot on there. It's not about us just being introspective and this being my personal, you know, t- time of confession and yeah. It, it's actually what we do together, but it's actually witnessing collectively yeah. that we're in fellowship. Yeah, you know, it's right. a fellowship meal. We're, yeah. we're doing this because we're in fellowship. Yeah. So then, exp- searching ourselves, I guess, and saying, "Gee, yeah, there's some things. Have I had some bad attitudes? Have I been, as you said before, Paul, reflecting on the yeah. way we've perhaps dishonoured yeah. others in the church? Have I done my best to put that right? Yeah, you know, that's have right. I searched my heart on that stuff. Yeah, that's you know? right. And so, you know, I think. I mean, I've always. I've always liked that moment in communion uh, when, you know, my kids have been, I mean, these days my kids are all over the place, you know, uh, Mm. but (laughs) it's like when I can get them all to church at the same time, it's great. But what I've loved when they were little, you know, uh, I would often, you know, we'd, we'd, you know, we'd pray together as a family there as we're sitting, you know, in church. Uh, I mean, and of course, that's based on the way that we do communion, but because different churches do Do communion in different ways. Mm. And, um, but I, I, you know, I, I absolutely felt like I want my children to partake in this because they are part of the body of Christ. Mm. They are part of this communi- community, community, mm. and we're expressing our community right yes. now. You know what I mean? That's right. In this place, so for me, it's you know, I, I don't want, I don't want to sort of shut them out of that. Uh, you know, just because maybe they could. And again, this is where the misunderstanding of this is. Well, I've got to understand everything about that. No, no, yeah, no. no, no. Th- this it's about community and about a moment where we all eat. And drink together. Yeah. They absolutely would have been kids eating this meal yes, uh, together with everyone else, you yeah. know. So, um, uh, yeah. So that's that's my take on this. Look, I I, I know that other people uh, have a different view on this, and I totally respect that. Yeah. That's uh, and and you know, again, it's up to each family to decide that for themselves. But that certainly is is the approach uh, that mm. I've that I've mm. taken. And it's interesting when the world sees the church eating and drinking in order to remember the significance <clears throat> of Christ's body and the blood. In a yeah. sense, it's bringing the gospel into a visible kind of tangible. Yeah. You, you can't, we're expressing what we're doing here. We're remembering it. And here's a physical kind of the yeah. church, the body, yeah, that's partaking right. in what Christ's done yeah, for that's us. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, great. That's good. <clears throat> um, the... The the matter of spiritual gifts here yeah. again flows out of what we where we've been before. Yeah. Again, this exactly. is often just taken in isolation. Mm. Um, as this is the chapter we teaches about spiritual gifts. Uh, this is uh, the background. Of, of course, is that they had completely taken this the wrong way. God had given them, obviously, given uh, abundant spiritual yes. gifts yeah. because that's what God does. God gives gifts, and He gives them by grace, which means. Mm. It, they're not earned. That's right. It's like you're not given gifts because you warrant them. 
Not based on qualifications. Yeah. Or they're actually they're actually charismata. Charis is yes. grace, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, they're, uh, another way to, to translate this is some people say grace gifts, right? Mm-hmm. And this is important because it's they're grace gifts, right? Yes. They're given by grace. You, you don't – it doesn't mean just because you have such and such a gift doesn't mean, oh, you're way better yeah. than other people. Yeah. And it seems like this was the case that mm. those who, you know, for example, there were, you know, people who speak in tongues, they thought, well, we're the spiritual ones. Yes. And those who don't speak in tongues are the unspiritual ones, yeah. you know. And, yeah. um, uh, and they were very susceptible to sort of supernatural manifestations. Oh, they love that. Pagan culture at the time, yeah. you know. So that was kind of like, exactly, you know, that was like oh, next, they, next yeah. level in, in their sense. And Paul's trying to say, no, no, there's no levels, you know. Yeah. These gifts are all important. They're yeah. just different. And I love what you're saying there because, you know, there is a temp- there is a temptation for us perhaps to think that that person's more super spiritual because they have this oh, gift yeah. or that gift. Uh, but the reality is the only criteria is, is, as the word says, as the spirit discerns, you know. Yeah. Not as you discern, not as you earn it, yeah. not as anything else, as the spirit yeah. discerns. And, and it is, It's as you say, it was really their pagan cultural framework that that perhaps glorified certain kinds of, you know, the more supernatural kind of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, it's amazing how persistent this is, Stu, because mm, today, even, you know, yeah. you, you, oh, that's that mm. person's a really spiritual person mm. because they do that, you know, they do that, they prophesy, they mm. do, you know, mm. uh, you know, or they speak in tongues, and I don't speak, so I'm not, you know, if only I spoke in tongues, then I would be truly that's spiritual, spiritual, and and yeah. and I mean, and some even, people question whether they're even saved if they can't speak. Oh in yeah, tongues, you know, yeah. I've had conversations with a number of people over the years who who have been even told or or have felt a sense of. Well, if you don't speak in tongues, oh, yeah. you're not really baptized in the Holy Spirit, yeah. and so yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, you know. I mean, the, the whole kind of two tiered yeah. sort of thing that the unfortunate and and you know, again, uh, the, you know, there's been a uh, a wonderful kind of in, in the last I would say 120 years since the Azusa Street revival in the early 20th century. Mm. You know, with the spread of the charismatic movement, so much it's amazing great stuff that's come out of that yeah. a real invigoration of the faith of the church and uh you know it's it's you know the, a real focus on the holy spirit on the power of the holy spirit and mm. and that constant you know day-to-day experience and it's really been wonderful but everything look human beings will muck everything anything that's right. up that's right we're, we're, if, we're good at man, going to if we've got an inherent gift it's the ability to muck anything up yeah. and the better something yeah. is the more likely it is that we'll muck, muck it up, up. Mm. and and you know what i think what what we're sort of mucked up is that you know we created these like two levels of yeah. you know well there's the spirit filled cre- and then the knots you know it's and and, it, yeah. and that was often around the gifts and uh and 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 i just think it's so unfortunate you know um mm. you know i've i've had people coming to me oh i i i you know sweating over whether they've been baptized in the holy spirit or not yeah. and and like uh you know and and I, it's like they're waiting for some big experience or something or, or something mm-hmm. big to happen. It's like, you know, actually that's what – it's like that's – I mean, Paul says here, doesn't it? You, you know, it's it, – the Holy Spirit is what an, is who enables you to even say Jesus is Lord. Yes. No one can say Jesus is Lord. And this is how he starts saying yeah. – you couldn't even say that except mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. talking about the – you know, he's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, in, in, in Romans – uh, you know, he says, whoever does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to Christ. Mm. And 
by the Spirit of Christ is absolutely meant, uh, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, so, but I, we just had this way of creating sort of two classes of, yeah. you know, Christians. Which, which isn't for the common good. And, and, you know, the scripture is clear that manifestation of the Holy Spirit is, has one specific goal for yeah. the common good. Yeah, yeah. Not just that group's good. Yeah. And this group now feels terrible, but the common good That's for right. all of us. And, that, and by the way, mm. this doesn't mean that there isn't always more of God for us. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's, uh, like throughout your life, God will give and then he'll give more, and yes. then he'll give more and more, and then yes. he'll give more and more and more and more. It's just go, you know. And so, so we should never say, "Oh, I've become a Christian." You know, I've I, now I've got it all, and I, I can just kind of mm. cruise. No, no, mm. seek the more of God because there's always that more. Mm. And so, it's and so I would say there's not just one. You know, it's not like one uh, filling and or a second, or mm. it's like throughout. You know, we should constantly be seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and my my experience through my life, and I think there's biblical um, exa- illustrations of this as well, is that I kind of feel like the gift is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and the gifts God enables you or gives you is to enable you to do whatever He's asked you to do. Yeah, next. that's right. And so, yeah. and so, you know, He'll gift you to do what it is He's yeah, commissioned you to do right. if you take that commission. And so yeah. that can change through your life. Yeah, you know, it's not necessarily always the same. Yeah. there are some consistencies, obviously, but. You know, I, I feel like God gives us the gifts needed to achieve what He's yeah, that's what right. task or what mission He's given yeah. us to do in that yeah. season. You know? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And and look, you know, I've had I've had remarkable moments where, you know, I've where I've experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and and, and you know, particular points, you know, it's enabled me uh, that has enabled me to, you know, prophesy or or, yeah. uh, or to speak in tongues. Even at I mean uh, I think I was in my 40s. I'd been a Christian for 15 years. I'd never mm. spoken in tongues, but I, mm. ca- I can't tell you why. I, well, actually, my my guess, and, and I could be wrong here because I don't want to guess why God does things when, but I think in my early Christian days, I was really seeking that mm. as a bit of a stamp of God's approval yeah. upon me, you yeah. know, because yeah. I, I want to be one of those really spiritual people. Yeah. And, I, um, and, and I think... You know, when all of that got turned upside down, and and I'm, you know, there was almost this sense I was kind of in a better place to steward. Yeah, you know, to, to and that's a really that. great point because because I haven't experienced speaking in tongues, yeah. and I almost pray not to because I'm not sure I would be a good steward of that. You know, yeah. there's a sense of my pride, and yeah. you know, it's like, and so it's like, oh, God, don't give it to me until you know I'm really. Yeah, that's right. I've got the capacity yeah, that's right. to steward this well. Yeah. You know? Well, it's that tension, isn't it? It because, is absolutely. Because I think, I think we should absolutely. Because you know, he Absol- says he says e- desire eagerly it. desire. Yeah, you, you yeah. know, eagerly yeah. desire it. Yeah. Uh, so that's fine. Uh, but you know, then he also says, you know, do all prophets do all speak in tongues? Do yeah. all you know? No. God distributes gifts exactly. as He knows. You know, uh, he, he gives us what you know what, what we need mm. in order to be who He wants mm. us to be. And again, so, those those are gifts, which means they're free gifts, not based on your qualifications yeah. or your spirituality or how great a person yeah. you are. Yeah, it's a gift right. given, so we shouldn't claim any kudos. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. should just steward it as a gift. And 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 mm. you 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 are you know you talked about the the primary gift, we, and mm. that is the gift of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. Um, you know, the gift whenever it speaks in the New Testament, the gift of the Holy Spirit, or, or you know, mm. uh, or the promised Holy Spirit is another term. Mm. Uh, the Spirit of Christ. These are all interchangeable ways r- referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because uh, 
you know, the different terms are used in different places. And it's all connected to, uh, you know, Paul says in, in fr- right from the outside, uh, outset, uh, Paul says to the crowd on the day of Pentecost, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness, forgiveness of your sins, and you will yes. receive yes. the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so, so how do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Repent and be baptized, every yeah. one of you. For, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and the promise is that, uh, is that that gift is, uh, is given to us. Now, then how that unfolds or is perhaps released in different ways. and yeah, activated. Different, different people yeah, have exactly. all sorts of different experiences. Yeah. But I don't think we should make a doctrine out of our experience. No. You know, like I know there, there are people who, who had remarkable kind of outpourings or a release of the Holy Spirit at a particular point. Who said, and, and in fact, I myself could well have said, mm. well, oh, man, this was such an amazingly empowering experience that I had, you know, in my 40s. I could easily say, oh, well, I didn't have the Holy Spirit before. No, no, mm. that, 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 mm. that, it's, it's because there's actually always more. Like you can expect, you should expect to have that kind of, that kind of experience where, where, where you are uh, re-empowered, you know, yes. to greater levels. Probably. You should expect that repeatedly yeah. throughout your yeah. life. Absolutely. And that's a much more exciting vision than just a, like just a second experience. Mm. You know, there's this mm. and then there's a second. Just mm. a second? What? Is that all we get? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know yeah. Um, that's great. No, the second, third, fourth, it goes on your whole life. So um, I think that's – and that's, you know, I think that's an important sort of mediating – you know, because I think that there's been a conservative response to the emphasis of Pentecostal churches on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, yep. of just, you know, discarding the whole, um, you know, that that whole sense of leaning into the more and the more and more and more and more, yeah, you know, right. uh, and, and I, I think that's, that's almost... Cost them. Yeah, I yeah. just think that's really, really uh, unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but then neither should we be... Dogmatic no, about the right. experience on the other side that oh well if unless you experience it like I experienced it then mm, yeah. then it's not the not the real thing yeah. and and this is kind of what was being what was happening here in the Corinthian church yes you got people are having perhaps more sensational experiences yep. they've got more sensational gifts and so they're being sort of pedestaled or they're pedestaling themselves yeah, um, that's right. it's interesting that it seems that you can have a gift. But it can puff you up in pride, and it's not like God takes a, then no. takes it away from you. No, um, man, it's kind of scary, isn't it? Yep, <laughs> in a way. Uh, yep, kind of scary in a good way. Yes, because we yes. should, you know, we, we're called to fear the Lord and and Absolutely. and be accountable to God, and so we shouldn't just think, oh, just because I've got this spiritual gift, therefore I um, I must be, you know, I must be really in favour with. God. No, no, hang on a minute. <laughs> you can you can actually have, uh, you know. Uh, uh, a spiritual gift like the, all 12 disciples, you know, during yeah. Jesus' ministry went yeah. off and, and did amazing things and yes. Judas ended up being yeah. you know, doing what he did. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, And just yeah. to finish off on that, I think it's important to note that everyone is given a gift. So yeah. it's not it's not like and some people who I like more will get gifts and others won't. Mm. Everyone yeah. of us is given yeah, a that's gift. Right. So there's a responsibility on us to lean in to that and to, to, as you said, seek out what our gift is. Yeah. And, 
and let God take that and use it for us. And yeah. um, this is where Paul kind of moves on to this unity and diversity thing around the body and, oh, yeah, it's and just how we beautiful. bring something It's just beautiful. You know? It's, you know, and this again is the emphasis on the fact, right, you've become a Christian. You need to get it mm. into your head that you now don't just belong to you. Yeah, that's right. You belong to Jesus. Mm. And belonging to Jesus actually means that you belong to the church. Yeah. That you you are one part. You're not a self-contained vigilante for God. Mm. Uh, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit means that each of us take our place within the body yep. of Christ. Yep. There, there's there's no ministry of the Holy Spirit isolated from the no, church. Exactly. Uh, it's it's always you know you, you're an arm of the church or a leg or an eye or an ear or a, you know to use Paul's imagery, which here. is such a great image, isn't it? It's a great image. Yeah. yeah. It's because you know as he says, you know. Um, you know, though every part of the body is absolutely essential. Yes, it has an essential place. Yeah, and and I think this is. You know, and if it's not it's, there, if something's not there, it hinders. You know, if you yeah, think about right. your body, if you're missing a hand, well, you can do some things, but there's a whole lot of that's stuff you right. can't. You can't do. Yeah, right? that's right. So yeah. actually, you know, not you know, not engaging in church life is means, costing yeah, everyone. It actually, something. means that you become like a mm. you know, like a missing limb. There's yeah. some, there is yep. actually something missing. Yeah. Um, Which means we have a responsibility to look for ways to use our gifts yeah. in, 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 in the church to encourage and encourage yeah. other people to do that as well. Yeah. It's not like wait till someone comes to yeah. us. It's like look for how you can use yeah. your gift in the life of yeah. your church. And I guess there are two there are, there are kind of two elements of that. I think we should use our our gifts. In the church, it's a little bit like bringing your first fruit. You know what yes, first fruits? Yes, you you, yep. you know use your gifts to build up the church to build up others in the church. Yes. It's almost this is where this kind of base camp. This is where we do the fundamentals, mm. where we learn the fundamentals. Mm. But there's also a role for using our gifts as the church. But that's what I mean when I say the church. I don't mean the building, the church, or where we. No, get, no, no. But n- as the church. Yeah, yeah, yes, no, yeah. No, that's no. No, I mean that too. Okay, but <clears throat> because. A, because I think it can easily be thought, well, the gifts are to use when we're together, together. as the church. Yes. Yes. But actually, you can you can use your gifts as a part of the church in your workplace, in your school, in your mm. social situations. Mm. Use your gifts there. Yes. Even right. more so use your gifts there. Yes. But remember, you do so as a representative yeah. of the broader body of Christ. Yeah. So, so you can use your particular gift in that circumstance. Um, to, uh, to to build, build up, up the body of Christ yeah. because essentially it's about uh, giving people outside the church, you know, a taste of what we have received yes. and been gifted with. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as a church, so that's what I mean in when I say, yes, use your gifts in the church. That's the primary, almost training ground. That's that's where I mean, it's more than training ground because there's something really important and real happening. Mm. You're building each other up. Right? That's we right. really need Encouraging that. Each other. Yeah. Um, I mean that is an important point. We actually need each other's gifts. Yes. We really need each other's gifts. Uh, and that's what being part of a church is. I mean, to say, I, I don't really need church. It, mm. I, it's, I just do church on my own. At yeah. Home. Or, and mm. that uh, it's, it, yeah. it's just, it's just a little arrogant or, because it's it, no, no, you actually, no, no, you're not okay on your own. <laughs> actually, yeah. sorry, yeah. but you need, you need everyone. And actually everyone needs you. That's the other thing. Mm. Uh, and so use your gifts for the church, in the church, but then also use your gifts as the church, as being the church in your, uh, in your everyday lives. And, uh, you know, we've all, we've all been gifted in some way, 
best way to discover your gift, just do something. That's right. Just go. You know, you can steer as as you move. Uh, do something. There's lots of um, uh, lots of great teaching uh, on this, but um, you know, I think the big principle here, Stu, is we've got to remember it's all about who God has made us for other people. We belong to something bigger than ourselves now. When we as the church discover that, we will be so, so powerful. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. We really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading as we go through the Bible with Thrive. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper and thrive. Thank you.